Hello, my name is Peter. I am recording a podcast with SJ, who is a doctor. She is wearing a hat and a sports bra and nothing else. La la la. Is that okay? Not wearing a sports bra. It's a yoga bra. <laughs> you said it was a sports bra. Yeah, I know. And then I corrected myself and said it's a yoga bra. I, I, was, I was thinking about boobs. So I think that's probably, I don't know, just might have been my headphones being like, just putting some hearsay into the line. Erky Smokes, you ready to rock and roll? Hello, hello. Yeah, I think I'm good. Okie doke. You can introduce this one. Yo. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Ready, rhubarb. <laughs> Rhubarbs aren't ready. <laughs> Just fucking open the fucking podcast. <laughs> hello, and welcome to... Being honest with my ex. My ex is Peter C. Hayward. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. How are you, SJ, better known as Honor Eastley? I am good. I'm good. What have you been up to? Um, it was uh, Australia Day slash Invasion Day yesterday. You sound like you've got opinions. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to the like Invasion Day rally and then I went to a party actually where... We talked about you. What? Oh, tell me. Tell me what was said. <laughs> yeah, of course. I was like, I was about to tell you this before we started recording, but then I was like, <laughs> nah, I'm going to tell you. Was it a group of people saying they didn't like me? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It was just a group of like, like mostly like comedy folk from Melbourne. And they're like, oh yeah, I've been listening to your podcast. And at least one of them was like, you are right. You are very patient with Peter. <laughs> so, just letting you know, that's more than one person's opinion now. Are the comedy folk of of Melbourne enjoying the podcast? Yeah, I think that they are. But it's also like, I mean, of course, that you know, he's going to say, I hate it. Sucks. I mean, I know some comedians in Melbourne who would definitely say that. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think they would say that to my face. Not to you. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm in England. Stop just being such a jet setter. <laughs> I've done all of these from my desk in Melbourne. At the end of our last podcast, we said we we're going to talk about Japan. And then we recorded a podcast about Japan, in which I just basically bitched and moaned for half an hour. So that one hasn't gone online. Just a note, before we recorded that podcast, you were like, yeah, we'll do one about Japan. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And you were like, it's going to be great. That's, uh, <laughs> that's still in the podcast. I kept that bit in. <laughs> Uh, so that podcast is not going to go up as a regular one. However, if you sign up to our brand new mailing list, you will get that as a special exclusive. Uh, that sounds super lame. Can you make that sound better? Um, well, how do you sign up to our mailing list? I actually don't know. You go to beinghonestwithmyex.com and click on mailing list. Oh, cool. It's very simple. <laughs> Peter does a lot of things while I'm asleep. Pitch it better than I did. Go. Okay. So one of my favorite podcasts is called Reply All. It's a really great podcast about the internet, but a human kind of perspective. And every week they have a mailing list and on it, they have like a little bit about what's going on, but then like their favorite gift that they found that week and like cute stuff like that. It's not very long. So we're going to, we decided we wanted to make a mailing list so that we could share like tiny pieces that come up. It's not going to be very long, um, but it will come to you every week and you just be like, oh, there's that thing. And occasionally we will just release fun stuff that won't normally be on the podcast, like half an hour of Peter bitching about Japan. <laughs> it's actually, uh, it, it's, it's not awful. It, it's not great, uh, but it's not awful. It has us talking about a blowjob bar and 
oh, there's something else interesting, but uh, yeah, it's worth checking out. So go to beinghonestwithmyx.com and click on mailing list and you can sign up for that. So after a, a few days of bitching about in Japan, I ended up having a really nice time there. I went to Disneyland. It was lovely. You would be the kind of person that would like Disneyland. Do you not like Disneyland? Who doesn't like Disneyland? It's the happiest place on earth. I've never been to Disneyland. You would be the kind of person who complains about Disneyland <laughs> despite never having actually been. Have you seen um, Di- Dismoland? No, it's Dismoland. Uh, it was a big art installation that was spearheaded by Banksy with a lot of artists. And it was a take on Disneyland, but it was really dismal. That... So it was like a really creepy... That sounds very negative. Um... Depressing version of Disneyland where you'd go in and they'd have all these security guards that would like be really sour and mean and like body check you. And yeah, just all these really depressing artworks made you feel sad about the world. Has that humming come through for you? Yeah. There's a skybox here. I don't know what it is, but it makes humming noises every now and again. What's a skybox? Yeah, it's like a TiVo, I think. I love this. I can, like, have culture shock vicariously. There we go. I think I killed it. So, after going to Japan, but before coming to England, I went to the UAE. Do you know anything about the UAE? I know that that stands for the United Arab Emirates. It was so interesting. It was just like... You are the kind of person who would love (laughs) the UAE. What does that mean? What kind of person am I? You seem to have very strong opinions about the kind of person I am. So, I've never been to the UAE. Or Disneyland. (laughs) Or Disneyland. But I know that there's a lot of really big fancy things there. Yes. That are made by humans. Yes. Like the tallest building in the world is there. Yes, the Burj. And you like to see large feats of human endeavor i do that's true like disneyland like disneyland and like (laughs) dubai do you not like to though like is that not interesting to you no 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 i'm not like anti those things but you are the kind of person you would appreciate dubai in the same way that you would appreciate a james cameron film (laughs) it's true so dubai is i'm just going to tell you some things about dubai because i think you'll find it interesting dubai has about three million people in 1955, it had 59,000 people. Wow. In the mid-90s, it had a million people. It is just insanely quick-growing as, as a city. Uh, it, it's, it's not the capital of the UAE. I don't know if the UAE has a capital, but it's like it's the big business hub of the UAE. And it. my friend told me this. I don't know if it's true, but 20 years ago, it had three skyscrapers. Now it has literally hundreds of skyscrapers. Wow. And 25% of the world's tallest buildings are in Dubai. So it's just this... 25%? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The world's tallest buildings, is that like a collection of the top 100? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's... Like, where does the end of the world's (laughs) top... Because that could really go on to, like, you know, a two-story house. (laughs) I think uh, think there's a definition of skyscrapers, and I think 25% of the world's skyscrapers are in Dubai. Something like that. It's just this... Wait, 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 wait. 25%... Okay, this is a confusing... I'm going to... Wait, I'm going to verify that. <laughs> a few pieces of information that I'm giving you are secondhand, so they're a bit vague. But <laughs> I think it's 25% of the top 100 tallest buildings in the world are in this one city that has 3 million people. Like, that's crazy. That is pretty ridiculous. 87% of the UAE is expatriates from other countries on visas. Why? Because Dubai, uh, the, the, the leaders they're called, they're sort of referred to in these hushed tones, like, the, like I imagine Kim Jong-il is. The leaders... Uh, got all this money from oil. Yeah. And then and then we're like, shit, this oil is going to run out at some point. There's a great quote by one of the leaders. He said, my grandfather rode a camel. My father rode a camel. I drive a Lamborghini. My son drives a Land Rover. His son will ride a camel. 
Because they're like, this oil is great, but it is going to run out. So they wanted to make Dubai the business capital of the world. So there's no income tax and there's no sales tax. And they just keep on building skyscrapers. Wow. And so all these businesses come over because it's, you know, cheap rent and skyscrapers and no taxes. And so, yeah, you can only live in Dubai if you're an Emirati who are the native people or if you're on a work visa. There's no other way of going to Dubai. Wait, and how did you get there? There's no other way of living in Dubai. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And so 87% of this place's people are non-residents. And so it's this weird hodgepodge of like British and American and Australian and and Indian and Pakistani and Singaporean and Malaysian. And like, you know, you go to America and there's all the American chains and you go to England, there's all the England chains. Yeah. This is just those mashed together. So I went to the world's biggest (laughs) mall And you'd pass a KFC and then a little Malaysian fast food restaurant and then like a British one and and Nando's and Chili's and it's just all there in this one place. See, this is exactly the kind of stuff you would enjoy. Like that. You're like really fascinated by the fact that all the fast food chains from all over the world are in this one place. Is that not interesting? Are you not interested in that? I mean... It's interesting, but you are, I think, more interested than, like, your average human in that. It's so, it's so interesting. Yeah, it's really, I find it super fascinating. <laughs> and so you've got this uh, sort of, this real hodgepodge. It's, it's, it's the world's most diverse city, I'm pretty sure. A melting pot um, of different people in this place. And so walking down the mall is a nightmare because every single country has different customs for how you walk in a crowd. Wow. Oh, yeah. And so they're all there. Wow. That's slightly terrifying. Yeah, okay. It's, it's not just me being fascinated. <laughs> yeah, I'm more interested in, like, the human behavior bit. And I think you're more interested in, like, the businessy stuff. Yeah, but the businessy stuff is a result of the human behavior. Like, they don't build a business know, where there's no demand. I agree. I know that they're related. I'm, just... I'm feeling very defensive about the things I'm interested in now. <laughs> you are very defensive. Well, you, you've twice now been like, oh, yeah, you would care about that thing. Yeah, you would. So to go on from the fact that you were just talking about how much you love James Cameron. Yeah. I just had to shut you up about it. Just shut up about James Cameron. (laughs) Um, I will talk about Werner Herzog because he made a really great documentary, which I think I made you watch. Are you tangenting in the middle of my story about Dubai? No, 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 no. This is just a tiny, tiny tangent. (laughs) Okay, go. Which is just that it's related to Dubai because you were saying that it's the most diverse place Anyway, in the documentary, one of the guys talks about how the Antarctica, the people who end up there are like all the people who fall off the rest of the planet and they end up at the bottom. That's not how gravity works. (laughs) It's not how gravity works. Do you mean the scientists in Antarctica? What are you talking about? No, just the people who live there. Oh, as in the the native people. people. No, no, no. The people who work there. Right. Well, okay. That was not clear. Not someone who's a scientist, but someone who's like, oh, I'm going to go live in Antarctica. You know, those kind of people are the people who are not attached to things. Yeah. And so they tend to be a certain type of, I think in the, in the film, they kind of say a certain type of weird, really. Yeah. Um, and they all, they all end up in Antarctica, just hanging out with each other. Yeah. I did. I've not seen that documentary. It's a good one. So Dubai is a Muslim country. Yes. And they're simultaneously trying to attract these Westerners to have all the businesses there. And also trying to make sure that all their laws are uh, Islamic. Ooh. So Sharia law. And so homosexuality, illegal. Wow. Jesus. Premarital or extramarital sex, illegal. Wow. Polygyny, a man having more than one wife, legal and sort of vaguely encouraged. What do you mean by vaguely encouraged? Do you feel like you, like there was... 
Like nope. how, do you feel like you were encouraged to do that while you were there? The Emirati people are sort of vaguely encouraged to, to be polygamous. Wow. Really? So, yeah, it's part of uh, the Quran, apparently. This is all secondhand. Um, it, it's part of Islamic law that a man should have between one and four wives. Four is the max. Four is the upper limit. I'm glad that there's a maximum. <laughs> uh, women cannot have multiple husbands, I asked. Not allowed. And Who did you ask this information of? Like, I believe you, but who? I'm just curious as to where you got this. I went and stayed with my friends, and they took me on, a, on like a little cultural tour. So there's a, a place in the middle of Dubai that is there to share the cultural values of the Emirati people because it's not really advertised much. Like there's, there's not, they're sort of trying to be as bland as they can to encourage Westerners and and businessmen to come over. And so the, the Emirati customs and people and like that are sort of not hidden away exactly, but they're not, they don't make a big deal out of it. And there's this one place, I think it's the Emirati cultural center or something like that, that do these tours. So they'll show you how the people of Dubai used to live before it became the metropolis that it is now. And you can ask him anything. Uh, she, she said like six times. She was like, ask me any question. I promise I won't be offended. I've probably heard it before. Oh, that's pretty cool. So she was talking about the fact that all the women typically wear black and they wear uh, head coverings and the men all wear white and the origins of that. And then someone asked about arranged marriages. And I was like, I hadn't even thought of arranged marriages. And the thing is, this cultural center, it feels like it was a, a it felt very propagandary. Yeah, okay. It felt like they were like, here's all the best things, and sort of like skipping over the worst things. There was one guy in the group who was clearly trying to talk about the human rights injustices of the UAE, but he didn't want to come out right and say it. So he was like, so what would you change here? And she's like, oh, not really much. It's great. I'd change how other people look at us. He was like, yeah, but what would you change? (laughs) And she was like, no, this is a great country. And then someone asked about arranged marriages, and she's like, oh, we don't... We have arranged marriages, but it's more just like your dad sets you up with someone. And so after that, I was like, I have to take everything she says, this massive grain of salt. Someone asked about, you know, are women allowed to study and work? She's like, yes, anything a man can do, a woman can do. And there's seven different emirates in the UAE. And each of them has a leader. And they're sort of like the, they're they're monarchies, they're royal families. Oh, wow. And so someone was like, do you you reckon there'll ever be a female leader? And she's like, oh, probably not. And I was like, oh, that's... That seems to go against the thing that you were saying about women can (laughs) get a new job. So I don't really know that much about the UAE, but I feel like there's probably a lot of things that go on there and from talking to you that I wouldn't agree with. Yeah, I I would be unsurprised. It's that hard thing because it's, you know, I don't probably understand what's, you know, I don't probably understand what's going on. So yeah, it's super interesting. And, you know, there's that whole idea around like, you know, feminists trying to save Muslim women and does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it makes sense to me, but maybe not to the podcast listener. <laughs> okay, so, like, there's, like, quite a large conversation around, you know, people being like, we're going to free you from, you know, the binds of your religion. And people being like, I don't want you to do that. Go away. I never asked for that. Yeah, I never asked you to do that, which is totally legitimate. But that's why I'm just like, I have so many issues with all of that stuff that it's not my, it's not my place to really say, like, how... How those things happen. Actually, on, on that topic, it came up on this tour, this idea that the reason that they wear the, the burqa and the hijab and all that is because the Quran says a woman should be modest. And it doesn't get any more detail than that. And they're like, wait, we take modesty to be this. And the woman running the tour, and I thought you'd find this interesting, said that, uh, and this is not me speaking on behalf of all Muslim women or, or me having an opinion. This is just generally what someone said to me that I thought was really interesting that the burqa and the, and the hijab are modest in that country because it's the standard. But if you go to another country, she thinks you should dress as whatever the standard is there because being modest oh, is okay. not drawing attention to yourself. 
Oh, wow. Which I thought was just a really interesting approach to it. Uh, yeah, I'd never really thought about it like that. So does that mean that if she went to a country like, let's say, Australia, where... Um, <laughs> let's say Australia. Uh, like a, let's say Australia, where like, oh man, I don't know what the proper word for it is because I know there's quite a few, but like the f- full covering where you can't see... Uh, I, all I know is the, the burqa is the basically the face covering. It's a, she showed okay. us one. It's like a little bit of leather that you put over your, over your face to hide everything but your eyes. And then you, you wrap the cloth around that. And I think the hijab is the headpiece. Okay, what's a niqab then? I think that's the full that... outfit. I am not qualified to speak on this. I could be totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> people reading this are that like, could... oh, I... oh, I see. These two white people are telling us what different Muslim garb is. Uh, I, no, I would... not at all. <laughs> I don't think garb is the right word either. Garb, garb's not an offensive it... term. Garb just means clothing. Yeah, I suppose. It just, it just seems very colloquial when you're saying that. <laughs> anyway, basically... Um, I don't think that's offensive, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know, it just sounds weird. <laughs> so does that mean if you went to a country where that kind of dress was really unusual, that you would wear less covering? She was saying that she would try to dress modestly, which would be fitting in with people around her. Okay. Uh, which I just thought was a really interesting approach to it. I mean, that makes sense that that would draw less attention to you, but you know. So I asked her about premarital sex being illegal, and she was very much like, well, that is protect women, because if a woman gets pregnant and you're not forced to marry them, what are you going to do? And I was like, the, that's not really how the law works. Like, in, in the UAE, I've read reports about this, if, if a woman reports sexual assault, she can be arrested for having extramarital sex. Wow. Yeah, so you don't report rape in the UAE. It just doesn't happen because you can get arrested for, for breaking the country's laws. And so this sort of approach that of... That is awful. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating country. I'm not saying it's a good country. I'm saying it's a really interesting country. The reason they don't charge any taxes is because the government owns everything, so they make all the money. So, you know, Emirates Airlines? Yeah. That's owned by the UAE government. Okay. So as a government, they make money from private enterprises not from taxes. Oh, okay. So they just own businesses and make money that way instead of having taxes. Yes. And they have a, oh, a wow. fairly regular steady income into those businesses because of the oil that, that's in the UAE. Yeah. So they have that, a huge income, which they spend on just constant skyscrapers. Like everywhere in UAE, everywhere in Dubai, there are skyscrapers going up all the time. What's going to happen when they run out of oil? Well, that, that's why they're trying to establish it as this massive business hub. But then are they going to introduce taxes or are they going to rely on... The businesses that they've already established. I think they're going to rely on the businesses because they own all the buildings and they own the airline and they just own a lot of stuff that if people are constantly coming to and from Dubai, they'll make money from that. Oh, so if they if they keep not having income taxes, then people will keep doing businesses there and they'll like rent out their skyscrapers. I believe so. Isn't, huh. it, isn't it interesting? I'd never thought about a system like that. <laughs> it's just totally unlike anything I've ever, ever really seen before. It makes me think of, um, oh crap, I'm going to get this wrong. Okay, so you... Do you know what a Tesla is? Tesla, right? yeah. Te- is it Tes- Tesla? Tesla. pronounced te- Tesla. No, it's named after Nikola Tesla, the scientist. Okay, Tesla. Do you know about Tesla? Do you mean Nikola Tesla, the scientist? Yeah. I mean, yeah. David Bowie played him. Is that all you know? David Bowie played him in The Prestige. <laughs> he is one of the most interesting people. He fell in love with a dove. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He spent the last, like, I think five to ten years of his life desperately in love with this dove. For some reason, like, I, for some reason, the way, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know quite why I'm laughing. 
Except that that's just like a really endearing image. Isn't it? He's the cutest guy. He invented all this shit that we just cannot recreate. So you know how normally you have to plug a light bulb in for it to produce electricity? Yeah, he could make it work without plugging it in. Yeah, and we, we've only just learned how to do that from like a meter away, whereas he could do it from like 10 miles away, and we don't know how. He never kept notes. He never kept notes. No, so he just, he just did all this Guys, insane stuff. keep notes. <laughs> if you're going to be an amazing inventor... Keep some damn notes. Everything that we use as like the trophy bad scientist can basically be traced back to Nikola Tesla. Huh. You know those globes that you, you put your hand on in electricity arcs? Oh yeah, no, no, no I know this. Uh, so he used to like have a big stick like that and just walk around it and the electricity would, would hit his hair and stuff like that. It was totally safe, but terrifying. Yeah, that would, that would be terrifying. And so that was his way of being like, look at how safe this electricity is. Because he was, I think, alternating current, whereas Thomas Edison was trying to promote direct current. Oh yeah. And so he would walk around with this alternating current and be like, look at how freaking safe it is. And then Thomas Edison used alternating current to electrocute an elephant to death. What? And be like, look at how unsafe it is. And everyone's like, dude, that is a dick move. you got to learn about Tesla. Tesla is the most interesting scientist in history. Did you say Thomas Edison killed an elephant? That is just correct. Just to prove that electricity was dangerous? Yes. That's really... <laughs> Yeah, when you get a chance, read about uh, Edison and Tesla. So, what I was saying about Tesla is there's a type of car called a Tesla, and it's (laughs) a really energy-efficient car. Yes. But, hopefully I'm going to get this right, Norway has the second highest per capita uh, amount of Tesla cars. Really? Second only... No, wait, no, no, not per capita. Norway has the second highest amount of Tesla cars. No way. And it's only got, like... I don't know. 12 people. I'm going to say 12 people. Yeah, 12 (laughs) people. Only a dinner party there. Number one is America. America is very, very, very big compared to Norway. Yes, it's the third most populous country. Yeah. So the reason is they have all these amazing incentives for people to buy Tesla cars. And so even though they're like quite expensive luxury cars, you get like free parking. It's a tax write-off. You get, I think you get money back, all this great stuff. What's kind of interesting and how this relates to the UAE thing is that Norway is a very rich country and they, at some point, they started accruing a big chunk of money that they could basically just use to fund their country. Oh, I heard Um, about this, yeah. But that's all from oil. Yeah. So is this, like a lot of people in Norway understand that it's kind of like the left hand is doing something great and the right hand is doing something that's a bit shit because <laughs> they're like mining the world for oil and at the same time they're using that money to invest into like clean features energy saving products and like a good societal blah 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 which I think is really interesting so the UAE is a bit like that one of the things I asked the woman was if a woman could marry two men and she'd said before that uh, someone had asked about multiple marriages and she'd been like, well, it makes sense because a man, if he has enough wealth to support two women, why not have him support them both? And oh my God, actually, you're going to really find this interesting. What does that mean in terms of the population in so, UAE? Is there like more women than men? No, there's not. I don't know the exact numbers, but there's about like 50,000 men and 42,000 women. So wow. it, it just doesn't make sense on a basic logistical scale. So does that mean there's lots of single men? I don't know. I, I, I haven't I haven't found the stats. I just I only got this one woman's opinion. It was so interesting. She was saying that you don't have to ask permission of your other wives to get married again. Wow. And in some cases, they don't know about it. They, like, forever don't know? It's possible for you to go to your deathbed not knowing your husband had multiple other wives. 
You don't need their permission. What? You don't need to tell them. It's insane. And she was saying that it, it's a good thing for men to marry multiple women because if they're wealthy, then they should support multiple people. And then asked about uh, a woman marrying multiple men. And she was like, why would that happen? Like, why would you do that? So interesting. That's obviously just such a different like idea about what the function of marriage is. Well, what she said was a reason that a man would marry multiple women is to fulfill his sexual needs. So why would a woman marry multiple men? Oh. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so used to hanging out with people who are like, of course women have sex drives. Of course women want sex as much as men do. That this idea of someone being like, like why would that happen? (laughs) What I find interesting is there's this idea, because a man can have between one and four wives, so a man must have like... 400 times like you know like 400 percent of the sexual drive of a woman i think they just don't think women have sexual drives i really i didn't i didn't do this but i really wanted to ask her after she'd spent so long being like you can ask me anything i really wanted to ask her if she masturbated wow not to be a dick not to make her uncomfortable just because i was like do do you like she lives in this world. I would actually really want to know the answer to that. Yeah, she, you live in this world where women don't have sex drives. I want to know. I would say, you know, obviously I have no idea, but there's a lot of there's a lot of women in the Western world who don't who don't masturbate because it's like seen as there's taboo. a great article actually. I'll, I'll I'll put in the show notes, and by that I mean I'll get you to put in the show notes about you should encourage your daughter to masturbate because it's really healthy and it's good for you and it's stress relief. And a lot of women grow up being like, oh no, touching yourself is not okay. And they just don't do it for decades. And then they discover it later in life. And they're like, what? I remember when I was a teenager, um, I masturbated, I think to the point where I was like, I think this is becoming a problem. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, just, I was like, wow, I need to find something else to do with my day. (laughs) 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 But I, I didn't tell anyone. No, it's, it's such a taboo subject for women. Like, I remember hearing other people talk about it and being in conversations where people would be like, oh, my God, who would masturbate? That's disgusting. And I was like, yeah, gross. I can't remember who the first person it is that I told, but I'm like... Was it the podcast? Really... <laughs> it was probably the podcast. <laughs> this is it, guys. It was probably the first time I've t- talked about that publicly. Oh, just lastly, I found one thing this week that made me so sad which was a home infidelity test. So you could buy this like home kit for 80 bucks and it would test for semen. It was meant for men with like heterosexual men so they could get their partner's underwear and test it for semen to see if they'd been cheating on them. What? Yeah. And they were like, this test tests for all semen, not different types of semen. So you have to not have sex with your partner. (laughs) while you do this test this is the worst. but i was also like what if your partner is cheating on you a thing that i don't really endorse but is using protection <laughs> like that this doesn't this is not foolproof there's a hole in this logic immediately and i read the reviews and one of them was like loved this product was really great it worked well i think it did it came up negative um, <laughs> and I was so like, what it is it's a, it's a test to see if your partner's cheating on you for stupid people well for if they were, like, doing it very brazenly, I suppose. I guess. Uh, we have an outro this week. It is from my little brother, who <gasps> is called Xander, and I love him to bits. And 
I think I talked about his tattoo on a previous podcast, and he messaged me being like, I felt misrepresented in that conversation. And he's actually not the first person who's told me they felt misrepresented in this podcast, so keep in mind, anything I say is A, probably badly phrased by me, because what I meant to say and what I said were totally different things, and B, just <laughs> one man's opinion, and I am so often wrong. In the words of SJ, <laughs> I fail over and over and over again. Like so much, <laughs> all the time. Thanks for listening, and here is our outro. Thanks for listening to Being Honest With My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review, and tell your friends, Peter is the shittiest son. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard Xander's voice in a really long time. He's great. He's cute. <laughs>